Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook, a podcast that deals with four things, huge things, life, leadership, relationships, and faith. I hope that every one of these teachings and interviews will be useful to you in your life and in your own personal leadership and in your relationships. Nobody lives on an island. We all have to put up with in-laws and faith, your own personal walk of faith. I'll be moving across those four topics in all of these podcasts, and I hope each one of them is an encouragement and strengthens you in your own life, leadership, relationships, and faith. I serve as the executive director of the National Institute of Christian Leadership, thenicl.com. I hope that you will check out that website and that you will come and join me for a year of teaching that I believe will change you and your team forever. I hope that you'll join me. Now, in the last few of these podcasts, we've been dealing with a very intriguing thing. It's a three-part series on the vertical axis between mission and function. I believe that this vertical axis between mission and function is just like a column of figures. You can add it up and get the same total or add it down and get the same total. In other words, I could read your company or mission, your your uh, um, church's ministry's mission statement, and I ought to be able to tell you something about the way your lowest level volunteer functionary will do what they do. By the same token, I ought to be able to look at the volunteer in your parking lot who helps people park to get inside the church or the bank guard that stands at the front door and holds the door open for new customers. I ought to be able to see how they do what they do. And I ought to be able to tell you something about the the mission statement of your organization or company. Inside that mission function vertical axis, there are six steps. Mission, vision, strategy, tactics, purpose, and function. Mission, vision, strategy, tactics, purpose, and function. In other words, there are six stages, but there are three couplets. Each of those couplets can cause a reverse or a confusion or what I call a sandbar. And the organization can run aground on one of those sandbars if mission and vision get topside down or the emphasis shifts from vision totally onto mission, certain things happen. If an organization becomes tactical and loses its long-term strategy, certain things happen. Likewise, if an organization becomes only about its function, what it does and forgets its purpose, why it does it, certain things happen. Now, let's just look at the whole axis for a moment, and then we'll zero in on purpose versus function. If there is malaise at the top of the organization, if leadership feels like it's losing interest, it just seems to to be a certain lethargy at the top. It may very well be because you've begun to emphasize mission at the expense of vision. 
Mission keeps you from doing the wrong thing the wrong way. It's a presiding statement of non-negotiables. It's your raison d'être, why you exist. But the vision statement, that's where the energy lies. That's where the vision says, this is where we're headed. It is what it sounds like. When we look a year down the road or five years down the road or 10 years down the road, this is what we see. And that vision, that's where the energy is. That's where the the get up and go is, is in vision. So when vision begins to fade and mission becomes dominant, you may talk about mission, understand mission, articulate mission better and better and better, but the organization isn't going anywhere. So the energy for the journey is in vision. Now, the second sandbar, which we dealt with last week, is the sandbar between strategy and tactics. Tactics is is the short-term or medium-term plan of response to a crisis or a need. But strategy connects to vision. Strategy is the comprehensive, comprehensive set of goals and plans, which, if they are accomplished, will further the vision. So that an organization can begin to be all about tactics because there's a short-run payoff. The roof was leaking, we fixed it. The toilets were stopped up, now they're open. The windows were dirty, now they're clean. But the problem with that is, though it fixes an immediate need, it doesn't take you any further down the road. The windows are clean, but are we going to have more windows in more buildings, in more companies, in more outlets? That's where vision says this is where we're headed. And therefore, strategy is the comprehensive set of goals and plans which further the vision. So that is what happens at the top of the organization. Senior leadership begins to feel malaise and, and a loss of, of, um, uh, of self-confidence when mission takes over and vision is forgotten. Middle management begins to feel, uh, and the board, by the way, begin to feel crisis addicted. They just want to fix stuff and they lose sight of the long-term journey. But that's not where customer service suffers. Customer service suffers at the bottom of the six-stage vertical axis where purpose and function have begun to collide. It's exactly what it sounds like. Function is what I do. Purpose is why I do it. In fact, this is where customer service really gets damaged, both internal customers and external customers. This began to come clear to me many years ago when I was coaching football. So I have this uh, offensive tackle whose shoe size exceeds his IQ, and I tell him, look, when the ball is snapped, when the ball moves over there, you go over there and hurt that boy. The ball moves, you go hurt the boy across from you. So we run an off-tackle slant to the right, and he knocks his opponent into our tailback and ruins the play. So I call him over, and I say, okay, son, this is on me. This is not on you. I am willing to take the blame for this. I did not make it clear to you what I wanted. When the ball is snapped, you have to go over there and hurt that boy, but you have to hurt him left. When we run right, if I call an off tackle slant to the right, 
you heard him left. If I call off tackle slant to the left, you heard him right. Because the purpose of blocking is to clear a path for the little guy with the ball. Right for the run, block left. Left for the run, block right. Sandwich hand, milk hand. That is the connection between purpose and function. I've had it in every kind of organization. As a university president, you have a security guard who's yelling at the students. You have to say to him or her, no, our purpose is not to protect the university from the students. The students are not the bad people. The purpose of the security guards is to protect the students from the bad people. So that loss of function, that loss of purpose can have people in your organization that are doing what they do technically, legally right. But they may actually be doing it in such a way as to harm customer service. So here's a bank. They have a mission statement that hangs on a plaque in the lobby of the First National Bank. It says, our mission is to make our customers' dreams come true. That's on a plaque in the lobby. I come to the teller and I say, I'd like to cash this check. She says, real angry, you have to have a passport, two kinds of identification, and the footprint of your firstborn male child. I said, well, I don't, I don't have that. She said, well, I'm not cashing the check. I said, no, look, I want to cash this check. Please cash my check. She says, sir, there's a line behind you and you're in the way. If you don't move, I'm going to call security and have you moved. And I say to the teller, look, ma'am, that plaque on the wall says that the mission of this bank is to make my dreams come true. And my dream right now is to cash this check. So she is all about what she does. She's taken possession of her little world, the world of that teller's window. She owns it. She's the dictator of it. She does what you tell her to do, but she does it in such a way that she actually brings reproach on the bank and demolishes customer service. In the church, it works the same way. Tell the lady at the front door as she greets customers coming in, visitors coming in, if you don't like the word customer, and you tell her, please don't let people bring babies into the auditorium, crying babies into the auditorium. So a, a single mom trudges in out of the rain with a baby in arms and a two-year-old that she's leading by the hand, and the greeter at the door says, now just stop right there. You're not taking that baby in the auditorium. Jesus hates babies, and so does the pastor. You just take that baby down to the nursery. Did she do what you said? She did. But she forgot why. She forgot why she's doing it. And customer service, that customer is never coming back. If you can emphasize why in your teaching, in your preparation, you say, look, what I want you to do is make people feel comfortable, create an atmosphere and an environment that's open for worship and for church and for uh, for this person to have a place of, of beauty and rest and, and be able to receive the word of God and to worship. So when they come in with that baby, I want you to escort them down to the, down to the uh, nursery. Introduce them to the nursery people. Make them feel welcome. But if, if they just do what they were told to do legally, technically, don't let somebody bring a crying baby into the auditorium. They did it. 
Now, that customer service is not always just with the outside. You can have, you know, you have internal customers too. You have a print shop in your company and somebody else that needs a poster printed and they clash because the people that run the print shop have forgotten that their purpose is to make the company work. And therefore, they clash with their own internal customers. I, my wife and I were driving one time in the mountains in, uh, in the Rockies, and we saw a sign that said, World's Best Pies, One Mile. You know, I said to my wife, let's try it. So we pulled in at this little cafe, went inside. It was virtually empty. There was a lady in there behind the counter. And I said, well, how's business? She said, terrible. She said, I bake a dozen pies when I get here in the morning, and they're all gone by noon. I remember thinking, maybe your sign has something to do with it. Why don't you put a sign up that says, kind of good pies in a not-too-great cafe? Maybe you wouldn't have people come in and buy them. In other words, she began to resent the customers who were coming for the pies that she was baking because she forgot that the purpose of baking the pies was to sell them and to and to give a satisfying experience to the customers. It can happen in churches. It can happen in a Cadillac dealership. It can happen internally and externally. You have to constantly teach purpose, not just function. So here's this church. Here's good old Uncle George. He has cooked hot dogs for the youth group every Wednesday night for 37 years. He's never taken a personal vacation. He is devoted. Every Wednesday night, he shows up early, cooks hot dogs for the teenagers, for the youth gathering. Then the church hires a new youth pastor. And the youth pastor says to the teenagers, I'm new. We can change things. What would you like? And they say, we don't want hot dogs anymore. We want pizza. The youth pastor, naive and tender in the ministry, thinks this is no problem. He goes to Uncle George and he says, hey, look, I need to change from hot dogs to pizzas. We're not going to cook hot dogs anymore. We'll bring in some pizzas boxes. All you need to do, open the lid, take out a slice, put it on a paper plate, let the kids have one. And he says, I will never do that. I do not have the pizza unction I have the hot dog anointing. The youth pastor explains it to him. He says, yeah, but you see, the teenagers no longer want hot dogs. And the guy says, I don't care. Let them eat hot dogs. Why? Because he has forgotten that 37 years ago, somebody presented a why question. They presented a purpose question. We'd like to make the youth group more enjoyable. We'd like to make it more informal, more accessible. We'd like to have something that the kids really enjoy. And that would be cooking hot dogs. And he raised his hand. I'll cook hot dogs. I'll be faithful. But he's forgotten why he cooks the hot dogs and he's taken possession of the function. There, It's his job, his goal, his role. And he's forgotten the customers and the purpose. It can happen in any organization. And that's where your customer service internally and externally suffers. At the top, the, the, the confusion between mission and vision causes lethargy and confusion at the top of the organization. The confusion between tactics and strategy causes 
harder and faster work all the time to fix stuff, but nothing goes forward in the middle of the organization. The confusion between, between function and purpose causes customer damage. That's where your organization suffers the most. The other two confusions are at the top of the organization. You, your leadership, your managers, your middle managers, they suffer in those confusions. But you want to really damage your organization. You let there exist a, a conflict. You have people who are doing what they do, but they've forgotten why. That's where customer service will suffer the worst. The mission, function, vertical axis. Every organization leads and accomplishes or fails to accomplish its vision on the mission, function, vertical axis. I hope this has been helpful, and I hope that you will be able to negotiate teaching your team the differences between mission, vision, strategy, tactics, and especially purpose and function. I'm Mark Rutland. I hope you've enjoyed The Leader's Notebook. Let me invite you again to go to thenicl.com and check out the National Institute of Christian Leadership. I would be honored to have you as one of my students. Also, check out Global Servants and the Houses of Grace in Africa and Southeast Asia, one of the great ministries, and I am totally committed to Global Servants and to House of Grace. Check it out. Again, I'm Mark Rutland, and this podcast is The Leader's Notebook. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.